Likutei Sichais, Chelik Yud, Volume 10, Second Sicha for Parshas Vayeshev. This is a Rashi Sicha, I believe a fairly easy Rashi Sicha, based very strongly on rationale and logic, commonsensical logic. And I think at the end of the Sicha we'll also come to appreciate very much an interesting rule in Rashi, that even though Rashi relies on a source usually, whether it's a Gemara or a Medrash, but the choice, the way Rashi chooses to present it from the Gemara, what he leaves out and what he chooses to, to write, what he chooses to include in this Pirish, it tells us a lot and it shines a very big light on the Pshutish or Mikra, on the better understanding of it. And at the end of the Sicha, we're going to have actually a very interesting, a wonderful Hiroa directive in the Avoida of a person in general and particularly to, as it connects, as it relates to Hanukkah, as uh, Bayeshev is always read on or around Hanukkah. So this is on Pasuk Yud Gimel, 13th verse of chapter 38. It says, Vayugad l'samar, it was told to Samar, it was told to Tamar, Hine chomich oile timnasa, that your father-in-law, behold, your father-in-law is coming up to Timna. And Rashi explains, he says, and by Shimshon it says, this is in the book of Shaftim, the book of Judges. Over there it says, Vayered Shimshon, and Shimshon went down, etc. Timnasa to Timna. So over there it uses the term of descending, and in, in terms of Shimshon's travel to Timna. So Rashi explains, Bishipua Hahar Hoiso Yeshevas that Timna actually sat on the slope of the mountain. It was not on top of the mountain. It was not in the valley in the bottom of the mountain. It was on the slope of the mountain. That's where it was situated. You ascend from this side. I mean, when you're coming from down, from the bottom of the mountain, you're going up. And you go down from here. That's how Rashi explains it. So the Rebbe says, we need to understand. And there's going to be three questions here. Number one, this contradiction from here where it says that Yehuda ascended to Timna versus there by Shimshon where he says he descended to Timna, he went down. If this is a problem, why didn't Rashi address this in the previous Pasuk? If you go back one verse to verse 12, it there says over there, Vayal, that he went up. He went up, Yehuda went up to shear his sheep where the Pasuk concludes Timnasa to Timna. So over there also it uses the term he went up, he ascended, and it concludes with the destination to where he ascended, which is Timna. So if it's a problem, why didn't Rashi address it in the previous passage? And we know the rule that whenever Rashi is a problem to the Shemikra, Rashi addresses it in the very first time we encounter it, if indeed it's a problem. Number two, what is the objective of Shuti Shemikra of Rashi? To explain any problematic matter that exists in Tanakh? No. Rashi wants to help the Ben Chamishan of the Mikra to get through the Pasik, to have the basic understanding of what the Pasik is saying. What issue is there for the child, for the Ben Chamishan of the Mikra, who has never yet learned Shaftim, he's just barely getting through the Chomish? What matter is it to him that later on there's going to be a contradiction? He hasn't encountered it yet. It doesn't bother him yet. He hasn't learned it yet. 
So why is Rashi bringing, introducing a Pasuk from elsewhere, which the child had not yet learned, and, the, and, and, then, and then for creating the whole contradiction, which now needs to be answered. And number three, the verbiage in Rashi, the way Rashi presents it, we know that Rashi wrote his Pirush in a very clear and concise language. So Rashi seems to be adding superfluous words where he says, Uvishimshan in Oimer. And by Shimshan he says, he didn't have to say it. He could have just written, Vikosov, and it's written, Vayeret Shimshan, and Shimshan went down. We'll understand that it's talking about Shimshan. Why the need to add these words, quote, Uvishimshan in Oimer, and by Shimshan he says. So the Rebbe says, in order to understand this better, let's take a look at Rashi's source. Rashi's source is the Gemara in Saita. The Gemara brings this contradiction. And the Gemara asks the question, why is it that by Shimshon it says he went down, he descended to Timna, versus by Yehuda in the Torah where it says he ascended? And the Gemara gives three answers in this order. Number one, Shimshon, who was disgraced by his arrival in Timna, because there he married a Plishtim woman, and this was his downfall. Therefore, it says, Vayedet, he went down, he descended. It means spiritually, he descended. Versus Yehuda, who had a spiritual ascent, because eventually, because of this, he gave birth to the kings. And we all know that it's not only the kings, but also the seed of Mashiach. Therefore, it says, Oila, he's going up. That's the first answer. Second answer, the Gemara suggests, that there were two, Shtei there were two different lo locations, two different cities that went by the same name. One was on the top of a mountain and one was on the bottom of a mountain. Another answer is the one that Rashi introduces here. That indeed there was one Timna. That means biblically there was one Timna. However, since it sat on the slope of the mountain, so it depends from where you're approaching it. Are you coming from the top of the mountain? Shimshan who lived on top of the mountain. Therefore, he had to go down, he had to descend, versus Yehuda, who was on the bottom, he was going up. Question is, it's obvious that Rashi chooses and prefers exclusively the third answer in the Gemara, right? And the question is, why is it necessary, according to Pshat, to choose this answer in the Gemara? In other words, what makes it the correct answer? What makes it the correct answer? understanding of Shruti Shemikra, dafka this answer. Especially if you consider the rule that when the Gemara brings several answers and it brings it in a certain order, it's obvious that there's an order of priority, an order of preference here. And typically it's the first answer which is the most important answer or the most uh, compulsive answer. So the question is, if in the Gemara it seems that the first answer is actually the main answer versus the second, and certainly versus the third, why is it that Rashi chose the third as his preference over here in Tritish Mikra? And the Rebbe explains as follows. The answer in all of this is as follows. In Rashi's Pirush, his objective is not to explain the contradiction. That's not his objective, because then you're right. Why would Rashi introduce the contradiction in the first place, which is unknown to the Ben Chamishan on the Mikra? That is not his objective. His objective is to explain something which seems obvious from the Pasik. You see, in the Pasik, it seems that there's an emphasis 
on the manner in which Yehuda is coming. Because remember, it says, Vayugad Tamar. It was told to Tamar. Someone's telling her that, hey, you should know, your father-in-law is on his way here. Note what I just said. Your father-in-law is on his way here. Why isn't that enough? That's not what is being told to her. The Pusik makes a point to tell us that the person didn't just merely tell her, your father-in-law is coming here, he's traveling to, to this destination here where you are, rather that he's coming up here, that he's ascending to this destination. So Rashi noticed that in the Pasuk itself, there is an emphasis on the mode in which Yehuda is coming to Timnah, not just the mere fact that he's coming. And the Rabbi gives us an example. Look at the story of the Akedah, something which we repeat every single day in the morning before Shachris. Over there it says, Hashem tells him, bring him up on one of the mountains. Meaning, ascend him, bring Yitzchak up, you need to ascend to the mountain because it's a harmaria, it's a mountain. Yet, when the Torah tells us that Avram went to that destination and that he arrived there, it just says, Vayelech Avram, Avram went. Because it's, it's, it's of no... It's of no importance to know that he ascended. He went there. He was traveling towards the location. But over here, where the Torah tells us he was going up, it becomes obvious that there's an emphasis on this. And therefore, Rashi had a need, as we'll soon see, to really explain to us exactly what's happening here, that he's going up and that it was, whatever reason it is, but it was important for Tamar to know from what direction Yehuda is coming. And by her being told that he is ascending, she knew from where he's coming. She knew from what road he's approaching. And I guess that helped her know where to situate herself. Now, why in the previous Pasuk didn't Rashi address it? Because indeed in the previous Pasuk, Vayal, that it says that, that, that he went up, he went up to shear his sheep, and then it and concludes with telling us that he went to shear his sheep. Where? In Timnah. Over there, indeed, it could be explained that Vayal, that he ascended, quote-unquote, quote he ascended, is not telling us that he physically ascended, but rather over there it could be meant in a spiritual sense. And this makes sense, because previously we were told that after you know, the sale of Yosef, what happened? His brothers demoted him from his leadership role. And he had to leave. And that's why he ended up where he ended up. But now he begins to ascend. So it makes sense that spiritually he began to ascend. And think about it. In the previous Pasuk, in Pasuk 12, it speaks in third party. In other words, the narrative is coming from the Torah. The Torah is telling us about him. So it can very well mean that the Torah is describing in general sense, in spiritual sense, that Yehuda is being elevated, that he was he ascended back to his original glory or even more. But in this verse, where the narrative is that the person told Tamar that he is going up, in other words, he was speaking directly about Yehuda and about what he's doing, and he's telling it directly to Tamar, it must mean, Rashi concluded, that she, he was describing to her not only that Yehuda is coming, but how he's coming, that he's ascending. And therefore, Rashi introduces this contradiction. And not only that, but Rashi, remember the question, why does he say, What Rashi is telling us is that you should know that there is one Timnah 
and that this Timna sat on the slope of the mountain. It sat on the slope of the mountain. And therefore, once we find, at times we'll find in the Tanakh, in the Torah, that he, someone is going up to it, is ascending, and sometimes you'll find that someone's descending. It's the very, very same Timna. It's the very same place. And only by introducing the contradiction do we get a better emphasis and understanding and appreciation that indeed the, the, uh, the, the, the Timna is one Timna that's sitting on the slope of the mountain and that Yehudo ascended and Shimon descended. Now, by saying, Rashi is emphasizing another thing. Because really, one could have asked like this. Maybe, maybe, there is no need to say something as ridiculous as a city situated on a slope of a mountain. Why can't we just say the following? Listen to this. Yehuda ascended because indeed Timna sat on the top of the mountain. Which is a common thing. Either you build a city on top of the mountain or in the valley. Why then, by Shimshon, does it say Vayedet? He went down. Because by Yehuda, it's talking about physically how he went, how he arrived in Timna by means of ascending, physically going up a mountain, because that's where Timna was. And maybe by Shimshon, it's talking about in the spiritual sense. Vayedet, not that he literally went down, but that he spiritually, you know, descended, he became disgraced, like the Gemara says, and therefore it uses the term, he descended. But when Rashi says, Rashi is emphasizing that who Oymer he's talking about, he says he's talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same Timna, and we're talking about the same terminology. Going up or going down is Dafka, and specifically in the literal sense over here. And that's where the contrast comes out even more, and that emphasizes even more that over here we're talking about Yehuda ascending. However, the question still remains, why didn't Rashi choose the other answer, that there were two Timlais, that there were two different places? Remember, the Gemara does introduce that answer. So the answer is, because if that what the, what the messenger meant, if that's what the person talking to Tamar meant, he would have used a different term. Normally, and we do find even today in Israel, there are cities that, or sometimes there are certain cities that have the same name, but one sits on top of the mountain, one on the other on the bottom. So you actually refer to it as, and we find it also in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Tanakh, you have, for example, Beis Choyron, so there's Beis Choyron Tachtoin, the lower Beis Choyron, and Beis Choyron Elyon. Or if you go to Israel today, you have Natsrat Elite, you have the higher Natsrat, and then you have the regular one, which is on the bottom of the mountain. This is not a way of describing it saying, Euler, he's coming up. If indeed there were two Timnas and he's trying to describe to her which Timna it is, then he would have used a different term. That's number one. Number two, since he said it in honesty, he said he's coming to Timna, so it seems from the narrative that it was obvious what Timnas is being referred to, what Timna we're talking about. Um, another thing is, that if there was indeed two Timnois, two cities by the same name, they wouldn't have been in such close proximity that the Magid 
that the person talking to Tomer needs to emphasize that he's going up or down in order to indicate which city. Because it was obvious that she was closer to one than the other, and he would have just said, you're going to Timna, you're referring to the closest one. So this wouldn't be a means of describing the location. So obviously it's a means of describing the action as the Rebbe concluded. However, the Rebbe says there's still something that remains here that needs to be understood. Really needs to be understood. Why still do we need to actually, you know, emphasize that Timna was on the slope of the mountain? In other words, why? Why go into this whole thing? Why, why is there a need to actually emphasize that, that Timna was on the, on, the, on, the, on the slope of the mountain? So the Rebbe explains as follows. We do find when it comes to building a city, either on the top of a mountain or on the bottom of a mountain, we do find an advantage and a disadvantage in each one, in either one. Let's, let's look at building a city on the top of a mountain. You build a city on top of a mountain, there's an advantage. You're talking about a security advantage. You're all the way on top, you have full control of everything that's going on. There are disadvantages, however. First of all, imagine bringing up all the building materials all the way up here to build a city. You're talking about practically speaking. Also, as far as commerce is concerned, okay, there's less traffic. People don't come up to the top of the mountain, but it's more guarded. There's an advantage. Now let's look up at building at the bottom of the mountain in the valley. There, the advantages are obvious. You have full access to all building materials. You have also more traffic and therefore more commerce. However, you have very, very little security and much less privacy, right? However, on the slope of a mountain, it's not really practical from any standpoint, right? It doesn't make sense, okay? And this Rashi answers that although maybe it's not the preferable, in other words, maybe it would have been easier to explain that, hey, don't worry, it sits on top of the mountain, or don't worry, it sits on the bottom of the mountain. Rashi wants to present us the facts as they are as it comes out in this Pasuk. For whatever reason, there was an advantage to Tomer to know from where he is approaching, that he is ascending. But where is Timna? On the slope of the mountain. And therefore, again, Rashi tells us, By Shimshan, he says, we are talking about the same terminology. We're talking about the exact same thing. We're not talking about, you know, one is a reference to location or means of travel, and the other is a kind of a spiritual description, a psychological uh, a representation of what happened. No, both Shimshon and Yehuda, when it says he ascended and he descended, are talking about the exact same place. If that's the case, there's no other conclusion, regardless of how illogical it is or how impractical it is, no other conclusion but that Timna was on the slope of the mountain. There is no other way that the same Torah can describe one person ascending and the other person descending to the same place unless it's on the slope of the mountain. And this concludes the Rebbe's explanation on the Rashi and shows us how beautifully Rashi explained and how he arrived at his conclusion and why he had to explain it this way. Now the Rebbe concludes in the chapter 7, as we always say, the wine of Torah, meaning the deeper secret here, the message, the Torah, for us in our Avodah of Hashem. Now, our Avodah of Hashem 
is described in Kapitel Chavdale, chapter uh, 24. We say it every Sunday in the Hayyim Yoyim, the song of the day. We say, we describe the Avodah of a person, the service to Hashem, as Mi Yalalona Bahar Hashem, who will ascend on the mountain of Hashem. And we know that when you ascend on a mountain, especially when it's a slope mountain, one thing is certain. It's either you're going up or you're going down. There's no in-between. You cannot stay somewhere in between on the middle. You can't stop in the middle. If you don't continuously go up, you're by definition and automatically slipping and falling and going down. You need to be constantly on the move, constantly growing, constantly going higher and higher. And the Rebbe points out that this is emphasized especially in the mitzvah of Hanukkah, which I said in the beginning, usually coincides with Parshas Vayeshev. What do we see by Hanukkah? That the first day, you do a mitzvah and you're doing it behidur. You're doing it in the fullest extent possible, the mitzvah. The next day, however, for example, the second night of Hanukkah, should you only light one candle, not only have you not fulfilled the mitzvah, not only, I'm sorry, not only have you not ascended, not only have you not advanced, not only have you not moved forward, but now you've actually gone backwards, you've slipped. How so? Because now you've gone from yesterday doing the mitzvah behidur, and now you're not doing the mitzvah behidur, or you're not doing the mitzvah at all even. So if you're not going up, you're going down. And this, he says, is hinted in the words of Rashi, where Rashi says that it was on the slope of the mountain. Because in the slope of the mountain, you cannot stand there, you cannot stop. If you stop, you go down. If you're not going up, you're going down. And therefore, just like by Yehuda, by him ascending, what did it bring to? It brought to, it led to the birth of Peretz, which is Mashiach, which Peretz is Mashiach, as it says, Allah HaPeretz Nifneyem, so too by each and every person ascending, advancing in their Aveda, everyone in their own pace, but as long as we're going forward, we will certainly lead ourselves and all of us towards the Peretz, the Peretz, which is Mashiach Tzidkenu.